Welcome to Scars Left Behind Podcast. First episode of 2021 so far. Um, before I get right into it, I want to welcome you to this brand new podcast. I am your host, Billy. I am a mental health sufferer. And you know, it's my passion to spread awareness and hopefully spread the message that you're not alone, that there are, there is support out there, you know, um, and hopefully, you know, I can give you helpful tips, advice along the way. So, let's get right into it. So, we are only two months into the new year and we have already had a number of deaths most recently captain thomas moore who sadly passed with covid19 he also had pneumonia captain sir thomas moore popularly known as captain tom was a british army officer and businessman known for losing money for charity in the run-up to his 100th birthday During the COVID-19 pandemic, Moore served in India and the Burma campaign during the Second World War and later became an instructor in armoured warfare. After the war, he worked as a (coughs) managing director of a concrete company and was an avid motorcycle racer. On the morning of Moore's 100th birthday, the total raised by his walk passed 30 million and by the time the campaign closed at the end of that day had increased to over 32.7 million worth almost 39 million with expected tax rebates. His birthday was marked in a number of ways including fly past by the Royal Air Force and the British Army. He passed away February 2nd, 2021 at Bedford Hospital where he was taken after being treated for pneumonia and then testing positive for COVID-19. All of my love, thoughts and condolences go out to all of his, all his family. <coughs> so, you know, it's not been a great start to the year, you know. Um, we obviously we've just had the passing of Thomas Moore and a few other people who have sadly passed. You know, COVID nineteen related or not, it's still a shock to the system. Um, but there is hope out there, you know. There is vaccines coming, you know, so let's not lose hope. I know it's easy to, you know, look at everything and you have conflicting information back and forth between scientists in the field. <coughs> but the main thing is that we need to concentrate on what we can do. 
we can only control what's right in front of us and we have to look after ourselves not only our mental health but we need to indulge in self-care etc but moving what again all of my thoughts and condolences got to his family um but i found this article and i've taken notes um with covid's mental health toll how scientists are tracking a surge in depression researchers are using huge data sets to link changes in mental health to coronavirus response measures as the covid-19 pandemic enters its second year new fast spreading variants have caused a surge in infections in many countries and renewed lockdowns the devastation of the pandemic millions of deaths economic strife and unprecedented curbs on social interaction has already had a marked effect on people's mental health researchers worldwide are investigating the causes and impacts of this stress and some fear that the deter- deterioration in mental health could linger long after the pandemic has subsided and for the many of us <coughs> that may not come as a surprise to a lot of us but again you know it's down to you know your support bubble you know the support you have around you and so forth ultimately scientists hope that they can use the mountains of data being collected in studies about mental health to link the impact of particular controlled measures to changes in people's well-being and to inform the management of future pandemics <clears throat> the data that emerged from these studies will be huge says sociologist James Nasru at the University of Manchester UK this is really ambitious science he says more than 42% of people surveyed by the US census bureau in december reported symptoms of anxiety or depression in december an increase from 11% 11% the previous year data from other surveys suggest that the picture is similar worldwide i don't think this is going to go back to baseline in a time soon says clinical psychologist luana marquez at harvard medical school in boston massachusetts who is monitoring the mental health impacts of the crisis in us populations and elsewhere UK adults reporting symptoms of depression between July 2019 and March 2020 only 10%. US adults reporting the symptoms of anxiety or depression January to June 2019 11%, so 1% more. And in December 2020 it went up 42%. major events that have shaken societies such as the 9/11 terrorist attack in New York 
have left some people with psychological distress for years, says Marquez, a study one of more than 36,000 New York residents and rescue workers revealed that more than 14 years after the attack, 14% still had post-traumatic stress disorder and 15% experienced depression, much higher rates than in comparable populations, 5% and 8% respectively. Fear and isolation. The distress in the pandemic probably stems from people's limited social interactions, tensions among families in lockdown together and fear of illness, says psychiatrist Marcella Russo at the Central Institute for Mental Health in Mannheim, Germany. Studies and surveys conducted so far in the pandemic consistently shows that young people rather than older older people are most vulnerable to increased psychological distress perhaps because their need for social interactions are stronger data also suggests that young women are more vulnerable than young men and people with young children or a previously diagnosed psychiatric disorder are at particularly high risk for mental health problems. The things that we know predispose people to mental health problems and conditions have been increased as a whole, said Victor Hugo, a com- campaign officer who specialises in mental health policy at the United for Global Mental Health, a mental health advocacy group in London. <coughs> Scientists running large detailed international study say that they might eventually be able to show how particular COVID control measures such as lockdowns or restrictions on social interaction reduce or exacerbate mental health stress and whether some populations such as minority ethnic groups are disproportionately affected by certain policies that could help to inform the response in this pandemic and future ones, says researchers. We have a real opportunity, a natural experiment, in how policies in each in different countries impact people's mental health, says epidemiologist Kathleen Merkangas at the US National Institute of Mental Health in Bethesda, Maryland. Climate change may have driven the emergence of SARS-CoV-2. A new study published today in the Journal Science of the Total Environment provides the first evidence of a mechanism, mechanism by which climate change could have played a direct role in the emergence of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused the COVID-19 pandemic. The study has revealed large-scale changes in the type of vegetation in the southern Chinese Yunnan province and adjacent regions in Myanmar and Laos. Over the last century, climate change, including increases in temperature, sunlight and atmospheric carbon dioxide, which affect the growth of plants and trees, 
have changed natural habitats. From tropical scrubland to tropical savanna and decadus woodland, this created a suitable environment for many bat species that predominantly live in forests. The number of coronaviruses in an area is closely linked to the number of different bat species present. The study found that an additional 40 bat species have moved into the southern Chinese Yunnan province in the past century, harbouring around 100 more types of bat-borne coronavirus. This global hotspot is the region where genetic data suggests SARS-CoV-2 may have arisen. Now I know that there's been a lot of spec- a lot of you know speculation about where is this virus come from, <coughs> right? And I know that there's been a lot of conspiracy theories, conspiracy theorists, right? I'm not a scientist. I don't have the answer. Neither do the scientists. They don't have the answer either, right? Just because they are scientists. Uh, or researchers doesn't mean that they know everything because they don't that's why they do all of these tests right but <coughs> they're saying here from this from the research they have done they're saying that in this particular region it may have arisen from that region because of the number of bat bat species have we lo- have located there <coughs> so again take all of this with a pinch of salt you know but I think it is important to you know listen to what they have found Climate change over the last century has made the habitat in southern Chinese Yunnan province suitable for more bat species, said Dr. Robert Bayer, a researcher in the University of Cambridge's Department of Zoology and first author of the study, who has recently taken up a European Research Fellowship at the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, Germany. He added, understanding how the global distribution of bat species have shifted as a result of climate change may be an important step in reconstructing the origin of the COVID-19 outbreak. To get their results, the researchers created a map of the world's vegetation as it was a century ago. using records of temperature, precipitation and cloud cover. Then, they used information on the vegetation requirements of the world's bat species to work out the global distribution of each species in the early 1900s. Comparing this to current distributions allowed them to see how bat species richness, the number of different species, has changed across the globe over the last century due to climate change. As climate change altered habitats, 
species left some areas are moved into others, so migration, taking their viruses with them. This not only altered the regions where viruses are present, <coughs> but most likely allowed for new interactions between animals and viruses, causing more harmful viruses to be transmitted or evolve, said Bayer. The world's bat population carries around 3,000 different types of coronavirus, with each bat species harboring an average of 2.7 coronaviruses, most without showing symptoms. An increase in the number of bat species in a particular region, driven by climate change, may increase the likelihood that a coronavirus harmful to humans is present, transmitted or evolved there. Most coronaviruses carried by bats cannot jump into humans, but several coronaviruses known to infect humans are very likely to have originated in bats, including three that can cause human fatalities. Middle East Respiratory Syndrome and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. The region identified by the study as a hotspot for a climate-driven increase in that impact species, Grisnus is also home to pangolins, which are suggested to have acted as intermediate hosts to SARS-CoV-2. The virus is likely to have jumped from bats to these animals, which were then sold at a wildlife market in Wuhan, where the initial human outbreak occurred. The researchers echo calls from previous studies that urge policymakers to acknowledge the role of climate change in outbreaks of viral disease and to address climate change as part of COVID-19 economic recovery programmes. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused tremendous social and economic damage. Governments must seize the opportunity to reduce health risks from infectious diseases by taking decisive actions to mitigate climate change, said Professor Andrea Manica in the University of Cambridge's Department of Zoology, who was involved in the study. <coughs> the fact that climate change can accelerate the transmission of wildlife pathogens to humans should be an urgent wake-up call to reduce global emissions, added Professor Camilo Moore at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, who initiated the project. The researchers emphasised the need to limit the expansion of urban areas, farmland and hunting grounds into natural habitats to reduce contact between humans and disease-carrying animals. The study showed that over the last century, climate change has also driven increases in the number of bat species in regions around Central Africa and scattered patches in Central and South America. So, again, I know that there is all 
there's conflict, well not conflict, but I know there's always going to be a back and forth between different scientists in different departments, all saying, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. And especially for, you know, someone who suffers from mental health and or just in general, you know, it's confusing. But I think it whilst we are in the whilst we are in the midst of trying to figure everything out and let and again let's be hope let's be hopeful there are vaccines coming. You know, it's gonna take a long take a while for all the essential workers and the frontline staff to get vaccinated and obviously all of us will become vaccinated at some point but it's important to have these these type of discussions you know whether they are correct or not it's important to have them it's also it's important to have a debate you know like I said, I don't have the answers, neither of us have the answers, nor do the scientists, right? But, that would, but I thought, you know, it's important to, you know, put the information out there. And seeing as this was the first episode, I wanted to break it in, you know, start off with a, you know, a so far episode so yeah i hope you enjoy the episode it would mean a lot for if you could show any support whatsoever it would be amazing um if you would like to sub- subscribe to our podcast on spotify we are also on anchor we will be on other podcast platforms very soon um but yeah any support you could show i will be very much appreciated and from the and i want to say thank you um so yeah i hope you have to have a great weekend stay safe and above all take care of yourself indulge in your self-care you know exercise you know just try and keep yourself as busy as possible. So until next time, from the Scarce Left Behind podcast, see you next time.